I had a dream once that I found, like, in the lot next to my house that was being Like, so many calculators, and I knew that I was walking. It's a bunch of, like, uh, I'm terrible at math. Like, there's so many, and like, there were like the cool, not like, not graphing, not like the not like nothing that made sense, nothing that was actually worth anything. They were solar cocky, solar powered, with like big buttons. You know, like super big buttons for No, they were just calculated. So like there were bags like like backpacks, like knapsacks full of And I knew, like I knew I was wealthy and when I woke up I was so many calculators, 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 a warm heart, an old soul, and a longtime friend to the reading. I would like you to give everything you have and bring Rena Priest forward. Ah, uh, Boris. I, I planned this. Um, so, yay! Happy poetry night! Okay, I'm going to start off with one um, called Rejecting Robert's Rules of Order. I am in this professional development course on Robert's Rules of Order, and it's so painfully dull my mind seeks sanctuary. I find myself thinking of you, wondering, is this still sugar? Like when you were talking the other night about how when you got some, you never, ever wanted it to end. Like the way you feel when a really good book that you love ends and you wish it could go on forever instead. And then you said, what if it didn't ever end and all of everything is part of it and it's still going, this sugar? Like when we were walking, it was sugar. And holding hands was sugar. And when we were kissing, it was sugar. And then after the sugar, as we lay there in each other's arms, it was still sugar. I really love that idea of endless sugar. And so sitting here in this training where Robert's Rules of Order is the topic of discussion, I am writing this and thinking of you, and it's still sugar, and it's wonderful. I adjust the kerchief over the delicious hickey you gave me, and it's so much sugar. I can feel the eyes and the judgment on me, and it makes me smile because I don't care, and the fact that I don't care amuses me. This beautiful purple mark is how I keep your mouth on me. The sweetness makes my blood flutter, even as words like subsidiary and incidental motions are tossed around the room. Up front, the slide says, point of order. Are the rules followed? 
suspend the rules. Does what you're doing violate the rules? Division of the question. Can parts be voted on separately? Even that language arranged so oppressively finds its song so long as I am aware that sugar is happening. Are the rules followed? Suspend the rules. Your hair, your taste, your giant skillful hands, the angles of your frame, the paradox of your precise and expansive way of moving. I can make the feel of you play like a record skip through my mind. It is the most satisfying riff to have on repeat. It makes me tilt my head to the side just so and Kate says, Oh my God, is that a hickey? Taken by surprise, I gasp and say, I was reading, then burst out laughing and she says in a low voice, Must have been a good book. I didn't want it to end, I say, and we sigh. Starting off with the silly pieces. Hey, kid, listen to me here. I'm going to give you some wisdom, okay? Don't ever, even if you're feeling hairy and wolfish, don't ever tweeze your upper lip at work. Because if you do, the hot guy in the cubicle next to you will poke his head over and catch you and you will spend your life languishing in humiliation and regret. You will jump in surprise and spill your coffee all, coffee all over your desk and he'll be embarrassed on your behalf. He'll run off and you won't ever have a chance to tell him, I do it for you. Last one of these. This one's called Satisfaction. They are kissing and talking in the tones of lovers. Hunger hums at the edges of their words, softened and warm, rising in clouds around the engines of their heads. I advance toward their bench. The man looks up. The woman looks away. I lower my eyes and continue beyond them, deep into the lonely park, where I see a pigeon pulling a chicken leg from the mesh of a trash can beside an empty bench where I sit to rest while the pigeon in the lamplight plucks strings of meat from bone. In this, he looks as if he's kissing it gently, while in his throat is the warm sound of satisfied lovers. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of love and cannibalism, you know? That's <laughs> kind of how it feels sometimes. I don't know. Um... So now I'm going to read to you from this collection uh, that I just put together called Patriarchy Blues. And this is a screen print that I made ages ago, and they were just kind of like laying around my house. Like, hey, book covers. <laughs> so They're for sale back there. They're seven bucks in case, you know, you hear anything you like. And these are free. Just take one. Okay, so this one is called Nail Salon, which I actually wrote um, the beginning draft of in Jim's wonderful salon that either, oh, he holds workshops a couple times a year, maybe sometimes once a year, and um, this started there, so Nail Salon. The colors shimmer in rows along the walls like springtime on shrooms, a conundrum conjuring variety glistening like an impossible city. Choice is always a factor in happiness. The more choices we're given for dissatisfaction, or the more choices we're given, the greater our capacity for dissatisfaction. It's okay. There's always red. But then there they stand. 
a selection sorted aside, sorted in their suggestion, snake's tongue, snake's tongue, granny used to call painted nails, poesis, I say, the name makes the shade, fishnet stockings red, freaky Friday nights red, gypsy girl red, drive the church ladies insane with envy red, catfight red, will somebody please pay attention to me red, all this and still I can't find a shade to fit the statement that I want to make. This predatory capitalist patriarchy is killing me and I'm trying to learn to like it. Why have I never seen that shade here before? Probably the labels are too small, so they call it girl, just gamboge and forget it. Uh, this one's called Creeping Out of Orbit. And it has an epigraph um, by my one of my mentors, Stephen Dobbins. In one of his poems, he says, For what is virtue but the lack of strong temptation? Standing on her shadow in the sunshine, she says, I hear the moon is a woman. I'll bet she'd like to turn her shining face toward darker, freer, secret places. Once she went to pick you up and on your bed was an antique open lexicon. The first word on the page she read was one she'd never seen before and can't remember anymore. It was a verb that meant to bend toward moonlight. And that's how it was, how she bent toward your bed and that solid word on a diaphanous page. It hooked her tongue with seraphs and burdened her rest as she tried to recall the feel of it in her mouth in the moonlight, where she feels her meaning slip like neon from a cracked sign. Bending, she imagines the creak before the snap. Is desire not acted upon a betrayal? I guess we'll stay in that theme. Um, this one's called Faithful. Every day she prays, Lord, please let me leave that man alone. Often she means the deli worker with graceful meaty hands who looks as if he's imagining her climax face as she tells him how much salami she needs. Sometimes that man is the contractor. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. <laughs> I do all the time whenever I'm writing. Um, sometimes that man is the contractor renovating her kitchen. She imagines the white smudges of his fingers on her body and how she'd fit in his angles like a glistening blush of pink insulation. Alone in her apron, she is the Betty Crocker of suffering and ref of suffering in her dishpan hands, sweetness denied, affection withheld, disappointments bitter as baker's chocolate become decadent. She turns it all to devil's food while she harmonizes with her appliances and the wistful song of sighs that is the music of breakfast, lunch, and supper, the dirge of a faithful household angel. I'll just read a couple more and then we'll all say goodnight, goodnight, farewell. There. Jim asked if I was going to sing earlier, so I threw it in. I do it for you. Okay. Um, here's one called, it's the first, the first in this chapbook, Toward a Beautiful Flare of Ruin, which is a line taken from uh, Donna Tartt's amazing book, The Goldfinch. 
oh my God, if you can read that, just read it. It's beautiful. Toward a beautiful flare of ruin. Is safety crippling? Better to be a fierce and hungry and angry thing of tastes and moods and tempers. To devour, to long for achingly, to walk in between, to hide from oneself, to hide from others, to indulge and set free and destroy, to wish harm on and take it back, to wish not to wish harm on, to howl and wander, shameless of the appetites and the failure to desire to curb them, to follow the cravings illicitly, to follow knowing where they lead, or to turn the desires away and open the heart to fall prey, to hunger and lack and jealousy and shame and meanness, to lose touch with the fluidity of the spirit, to find new desires and cultivate tastes for the sunrise, to trade the sweetness of transient pleasures for the steady sweetness of your own voice, to be destroyed and rebuilt by songs. I just realized as I was reading that that I have been flashing you with um, Anita Berber's bosoms like the whole time. This is Anita Berber. She was um, a dancer and early film star in the Weimar Republic. Um, Really incredible individual in history. Um, And these prints I also made, and they were also laying around my house. And I was like, hey, more chapbook covers. So um, this is for sale also in the back. And... I'm going to read one from it called Desire at the Stitch and Bitch. Yeah, that one. Your name makes a sound like a dropped spool bouncing on a sunlit floor. Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, I am repeating it to myself while I sew. Lost in it, my needle surprises me, emerging from the seersucker sleeve in my lap. Whose hands are these? I'm losing buttons, and I've seen you looking at me as if you know it's me who's been sanding the prayers from all the prayer wheels in your shrine, carving lurid fantasies in their stead. They are my nights unraveling while I spin in my bed. They are saving the world from sickness and death, which exists less and less these days. Now that all day my eyes eat shine and my body is nourished by drums and bells and my soul, what else tastes to it like something unrequited? Yet I've seen you over there, looking at me, up from your embroidery, every now and then a glance, and your hands forget the thread. Yeah. Okay, one more from Patriarchy Blues. And we'll call it a night. It's a short one. It's called The Perils of Flight. The scenario is this. A bird is stuck in the house, much like you have seen many times as a child. Your hands keep reaching for the flutter of wings and withdrawing as the bird protests. You know, if it cannot be retrieved, the bird will die. Thank you for having me. Okay. Okay. Um, should, I, should I keep playing the hits or should I do something that I never do, like never read out loud? 
Fresh blood. Okay. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fresh blood. Okay, that's too much, so much pressure. Window dressings, Saks Fifth Avenue, I walk past it every day. The chalk fair mannequins make me afraid with their sharp elbows and hard frames, posed so imposing, so mean, like frigid rich white women standing guard in the windows of her treasures meant only for frigid rich white women. Next door is St. Patrick's, passing no judgments, reminding me to do the same. And on the street out front is the summer home of a handsome homeless man with a tied-up bedroll and two trained cats, trained to play dead when he takes aim with his finger and his thumb and fires his imaginary gun. I've also seen him in a lotus pose outside the Armani Exchange, where in the windows today, a dozen live, greased-up men are shimmering, shaved and tanning booth toasted all over, mostly naked in their tidy whities, undressed to sell expensive clothes. They flex and pull faces at a bombardment of photo flashes that bounce from their skin and hair like sparks from wasted bullets. Invincible as the mythology of success, the fantasy of power, this is what it looks like, this is what you want to look like, this is what gets the juicy coochie if you know what I mean. Later, each Superman puts back on his own clothes and returns home along the same reeking streets as the rest of us. He will eat, he will eat his dinner and only feel the creep of his frailty tugging once or twice. I'll read this one too, because they kind of go, they're like, you know, going together on this theme of like, you know, advertising, I guess, and getting people to buy shit through sex. So this one's called Billboard Dream Girls Waking Life. I want to smash your pretty little face. You think I'm pretty? This banter, brutal and tender, a prelude? I have been told that dreams are the training grounds for difficult situations, our true love leaving us, the world suddenly, unexpectedly morphing into something we don't understand, things or people changing into other things or people. Dreams are where we practice for the passage of time. In the unhappiest of passages, there is a promise, a terrifying promise that says you need to ruin yourself again. This building, this life, is not the correct version it's all wrong. You will tear it down and wander the streets tattered and insane. Let people show disdain. Take their pictures and make an ad. Disdain is the sexy face that sells a zillion push-up bras. The Victoria's Secret ad men know how guys ache to give it to a bitchy-faced gal. How they crave that sexy, savage snarl on perfectly symmetrical, delicate features. Suggesting this beautiful creature is thinking... I want to murder you, motherfucker, but you are much more powerful than I. Now you tell me, what is sexier than that? Just picture her, suggestive pose, hair blown back, that look on her face, the stuff of fantasy, no? The brain is the same brain when it's dreaming as it is when it's awake. It's the same world, the same reality, 
the very same. Thank you. I don't think there's anything scarier on the planet than the idea of... And liftoff. Liftoff. So we have quite an exciting event this evening. We have... Clearly, you've never read about fish nipples. Clearly, you've never read about fish nipples before. A tiger that can fly. I came and I did not fear. This poem's title has been redacted. This poem's title has been redacted. This poem's title has been redacted. We've been introduced, I'm sure. Come on, let's do this joy thing. They heard the Muriel poetry. They heard the Muriel poetry. Hoping that the six